You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our Lost rewatch. No, we're not lost in rewatching something. We're actually rewatching Lost. It was a TV show that aired between 2004 and 2010. For those of you living under a rock for the last uh, 13 or so years, and it's exciting to get into our third episode of the first season. It is entitled Tabula Rasa, and I've probably butchered that, so apologies to all our Latin listeners who are out there, if they even exist. Um, But yeah, excited to be talking about this, excited to have my first crack at hosting one of these as well, and we're going to see how that works out, because generally something will probably fuck up halfway through this. But anyway, my name is Ben, and I really enjoyed the puppet show. Fantastic. And my name's not Annie. It's Noah. <laughs> Good to clear that up. Uh, how are you, Annie? Uh, Noah? Um, are, you, are you okay, uh, Annie? Are you okay, Annie? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm very excited to be back again. Uh, so excited to keep talking about Lost, and I'm just so addicted to this show. We started this, and already I watched episode three. I just want to keep watching and watching and watching, and... Another cracker this week. Uh, not necessarily the best episode of Lost of all time, but a freaking good follow-up to a pilot that was always going to be hard to live up to. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Tabula Rasa. I think it feels comfortable, this episode. Like, it, it's kind of, if you just watch this out of the blue, I, I, I think it's kind of hard to tell this is only the third episode of a new show, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, it just feels already like, oh, yep, cool. And it, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, that's a good thing, you know, it, it doesn't... It feels feel... established. Yeah, that's, that's the it, word. It feels established, but I also always kind of view this episode as almost like pilot part three. Like, it really kind of wraps up a lot of the loose ends that were in the pilot, and that kind of montage at the end that we'll get to kind of signals moving into the series proper. So I also kind of view Tabula Rasta as a continuation of the pilot. But yeah, it, it for, for the first episode of the proper season this really does feel so like solid from the get-go uh we should mention uh aired on october the 6th 2004 uh it was directed by jack bender bender and uh written by damon lindelof uh our bestie damon i like that name damon do you like the name damon noah or never really thought about it or that's <laughs> yeah, okay. It's it's okay. Yep. Yeah, cool. It's not Bender. No, it's not. <laughs> I just think of a robot or getting incredibly drunk. But um, we we get our very first previously on Lost. <laughs> what? Who do we? Is that actually somebody who says that like one of the actors, or is that just we never know who that is? I think I can't remember if it actually is Carlton Cuse, who's the co-producer who will join the show in about five episodes or so, because it sounds a lot like him and he does it for all of his shows. Um, but maybe it's not him because he wasn't on board at this point, I don't think. Now, did they, um, uh, I mean, obviously you don't really know, but I know like um, 24 when they recorded the, you know, the following takes place between 12 p.m. and 1 a.m., uh, they literally got Kiefer Sutherland to like re-record them every single season before they realised, oh, hang on a minute, we could probably use these again. Um, and so I, I wonder if like, for every single episode they got him to do a different, previously on Lost. Um, it's like, uh, I think you just use the same one over and over again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can confirm breaking news from 2004. Uh, the voice is of former ABC chairman Lloyd Braun, who Good. originally pitched and commissioned the Lost pilot. So he's the guy that we talked about. Um, who got fired. 
during the pilot. So yeah, he's he's the voice of uh, previously a lost guy. Does he get so, an yeah, IMDb he, credit for that? <laughs> well, I, I love that it says here he was the chairman of ABC from 2002 to November 2004. Those, <laughs> those dates are not looking good for old Lloyd Braun. Does he ever get an apology, like, for being fired because of loss? I mean, you know, when this goes on to win, like, the Golden Globe for Best Drama, does, you know, J.J. Abrams or somebody in their speech go, oh, I'm sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> sorry for getting you fired. <laughs> Uh, he's really the unsung hero of Lost, isn't he? But yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's up to some good stuff now. Though. Yeah, very interesting. Anyway, so uh, obviously we get a bit of a background, previous on Lost, great. But uh, we go to the beach and we realise, of course, and this is going to be an ongoing thing with Lost, isn't it? That it's not just our beloved, what, 15 that we get to see flashbacks and all that sort of stuff. There's 48 of them, is there not? So we yeah. we obviously see a few of these randoms on the beach just walking around. And I think there's, <laughs> there's a bit of an in-joke with this, isn't there? Particularly later on in this season when we meet a couple of them. The, the, what's the teacher's guy's name? Arts. Arts, yeah. Like, the, he kind of has a bit of a reference to this, doesn't he? About, hey, it's not all about you, we're here too. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the kind of... One thing people forget about Lost is it's really meta. And it's really, like, a lot in the show they totally aware of how silly it is with the background people and stuff like that. And they often make jokes and we'll have the Nikki and Paolo episode coming up and lost is actually quite a meta show at a lot of times. And I love that kind of sense of humor. It's um, yeah. And didn't you like, cause you mentioned with the, the what's his name last time about getting sucked into the edge and he has his own story. So oh, yeah, don't all true. these people on the beach have stories as well? Well, I, I think you can actually find a lot of information for, quite a few of them well not a lot of information but little bits here and there names of and one thing i absolutely adore the attention to detail is you keep note of the extras in the background because throughout like the first three seasons they use the same extras that's my next question for you yeah yeah. is that the same next okay so you start to recognize oh there's bandana girl and there's beard guy and so (laughs) we can keep an eye out on some of the recurring extras so i I just love that attention to detail imagine if you're one of those actors you know, like, yeah, I played Bandana Guy on uh, on Lost. <laughs> That's my most notable role. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought I recognised you. Um, <laughs> goes to a Lost convention, uh, signs autographs. Oh, sadly, ben- sadly uh, none of these extras will make it to the finale on Lost. Oh, spoiler! spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I got so invested in Beard Guy. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite. Yeah. Uh, but we start off, Jacks with... Uh, so, this guy's called Mars, is he? Edward Mars? Or yeah, Edward Mars. Edward Mars. Um, the Martian. Life on Mars. Um, and he's he's awake at this point, isn't he? Uh, and he keeps um, asking about her, or who is she? And there's saying, you, every time I ask you, you pass out. Um, there's <laughs> asking, about, asking about his cuffs. And he just conveniently has a printed black and white picture of her mugshot, because, of course, I'm sure all US Marshals carry that in their pocket, in case they forget who they are. Um, but, uh, obviously, you know, she's dangerous. She's dangerous. Oh, no. Um, then we, between this, we go back to our beloved group, um, walking through the jungle. We get Boone shut down again. Uh, <laughs> what do you say? It's getting to pick up the pace. What does Sawyer say? Like, you want to say that a little bit louder or something like that? Like, poor Boone. Little puppy. <laughs> he just tries so hard. Boone. Oh, poor little Boone. Um, and then they're all, what is it? Um, Saeed's talking about setting up camp and Sawyer's, no, let's walk off. And basically talking about getting eaten and, you know, just Sawyer being Sawyer. We all hate him at this point. He's just such a prick. Uh, and then we, we get our second sort of um, 
you know, try an explanation scene of what happened to the plane, except this time around, instead of having a conveniently shaped leaf, we have a fire. And for the first time, we get reference, don't we, really, that they're flown from Australia. Uh, I think, was it mentioned uh, in the two? I know that um, uh, Walt said he was living in Australia, but I yeah, don't think... Yeah, no, it had to have been mentioned in the pilot. I swear we didn't I've get any reference. never even thought about that, but, yeah, I can't imagine the pilot they didn't write where... Uh, I'm sure the pilot talked about how they were flying. He mentioned to Los Angeles. I don't know if he... I don't. He might have mentioned Sydney that we to Los Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, Oceanic 815, Sydney to Los Angeles. Okay, all right. Well, there we go. So, uh, well, we still get a reference. It's like, Australia, yeah! Woo! But it, it is weird that they have this scene again. I don't get why we need another one of these scenes. Do you kind of, like, you know, you're, you're watching it, and it's kind of like if you go and see a band, and they're all like, you know, Snug, we love you! Everyone in the crowd's like, yeah, Snug! You know, they know our name! It's kind of like every time they mention Australia on the show, it's like, Australia! Yeah, that's us! Um, I don't know if that's just me or not. <laughs> but this scene is weird because it's kind of like the writers, they wrote this episode, obviously, a lot later than the pilot. So it's kind of like them thinking, oh, we need a reminder. But for us viewing at home, it's been a week since the last episode. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to rehash this scene that really adds nothing new. I do, I do like it when they're talking about being searched for and Charlie's kind of like, Oh, but they'll be able to find us. They've got, like, satellites that can find number plates and stuff. And then it's like, well, we're not wearing number plates. Oh, bollocks. Uh, sassy Saeed. Hashtag <laughs> Sassy Saeed. Goes up there with hashtag Old Gummy Joe. Uh, <laughs> um, I, what is uh, Sawyer? We get the first Freckles reference at this point. But what does yeah. he call... Does he call Saeed Abdul? Did I Abdul, write? yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to love Sawyer's nickname. So, a lot of humour in this episode. We talked about how Pilot was lacking. This one's very funny. I well, I think that moves into the next scene perfectly, the way Hurley's kind of questioning Jack. It's all like, oh, was was it a dinosaur? No, it wasn't a dinosaur. How do you know it wasn't a dinosaur? They're extinct. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hurley. I loved Just his reaction. It's kind of like, you don't need to explain that to someone. It's kind of like... Oh, you know, how did the water go down the sink? There's a plug. Oh, is there? Yes. Oh, it's kind of like, just so obvious that somebody shouldn't need to be educated about that. Do you not love uh, Hurley's line when they're talking about, shouldn't we do something about the marshal? He looks kind of dying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it when he sees a picture of Kate and he's just like, uh dude <laughs> what do you think she did no it's not, not up to me um <laughs> early. oh i'm gonna be oh our hero frustrates the hell out of me in this episode you, we'll you, i'm here. guessing is it sawyer at this point who kind of mentioned something about my hero or uh, your hero or something like this in the episode like he kind of references dear old jack um i think we can talk a lot about jack in this episode because i think you and oh, i are gonna have differing gosh. opinions of jack <laughs> Across this season, uh, of series, yeah, I he was say. okay in the pilot, but I, we've got a lot for this episode. Uh, but obviously, yeah, we've we've found out that Kate. We knew that, but obviously now we're getting the the characters finding out about Kate, at least Hurley and um, Jack. We we then get uh, cuts to the titles. We didn't really talk about these last week. I yeah. feel. Um, I I I love these titles. It's just. This really was one of the very first shows to have these minimalistic titles, which we're so used to today. I mean, really, at this point, you still kind of had a an opening intro, a 30-second intro, you know what I mean? And, like, you had a theme song, like, 24, yes, 24 kind of did it previously, and other shows did it. But I still kind of feel that, you know, 2004, it was still common practice for an, a TV show to have a really, you know, opening, here's the cast, you know, and has the names on the screen and everything. Lost 
doesn't need it. You just get like, this opening scene of just uh, the word lost and this weird sort of tilt pan on the word with that music, which just is effective. And it's kind of, it's iconic. I mean, I, I love it. I, I think it really fits the show perfectly. And, um, you know, goes to show that, like, yeah, we, we do love a good classic TV theme song, but kind of this, as we were talking about last week, about how Lost kind of really set the standards in terms of this type of show that led into this real golden age of TV. You know, it's it's rare these days to have a TV show with a theme song. So kind of this is where I feel this is a show that really kind of, not the only one that did it, but one of the ones that I really kind of set this standard for what TV show introductions are like. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, it's just so iconic. Uh, just black screen. It just fits the show so well. It was just lost. And I'm pretty sure J.J. Abrams just made this on his computer when they were doing the pilot. Like, that's how, like, minimalistic it is. Um, Word art on, like, Microsoft Word. Yeah, he just came up. Do you want to make a TV show title? <laughs> Clippy. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, it was just so, like... Uh, revolutionary as well because you're right every show now has a 10 second intro like it's so rare like cable shows will get game of thrones and uh, stuff like that madman um how's the car still does it that's netflix but yeah stuff like that that will have long intros not necessarily with pictures of the cast but like they will have these long intros but other than that most tv shows now are just a title card of what the show is um so yeah lost really kind of revolutioned that and again, you're right, it's not the only one, but it was just so iconic and it's just so out there. And I'm so, I really like that they never changed it. Yeah. Like, they just kept this lost through the entirety of the series. There's never a different title card at all, and I love that. And you think, too, that um, kind of the trend that obviously got brought in that well-established shows that had a, a title sequence eventually would shorten them. Survivor, obviously, you and I are covering that, you know, now doesn't show the iconic theme. It just basically shows a quick little, hey, oh, you're a survivor. Um, whereas, you know, like, like we, I mean, we referenced Desperate Housewives just because it was at the same time and kind of one of ABC's two big shows. Like, that started off with its theme, but by the end, they just had a shortened theme. You know, I watched ER. ER was very iconic for their theme song and their opening credits, and then they would just shorten that. So many shows just were like, oh, okay, we'll go this route and just shorten our theme. Um, and, you know, it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, like I said, like exactly what you said, I'm glad Lost never changed this. You know, I mean, it's tempting when a show reaches a certain point to sort of fiddle with their titles. And sometimes you need to do it. Like, I mean, something like The Simpsons, you're kind of glad that they sort of updated it a little bit. Whereas, you know, Lost, I mean, what could have they done? Like, it's Lost, it's Lost, they're Lost on an island. Here's Matthew Fox and he's a bit of a douche. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, he's not, I, I don't mind Matthew Fox, but I keep, keep ripping shit into poor Matthew Fox. Um, he'll cancel the interview with us, don't worry. But, yeah, it's I, 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 there's nothing really more to add on the titles. I just felt we needed to at least mention them yeah. at one point. So Iconic. Yeah, iconic, definitely. Um, we're back to our um, little merry bunch of group of people with Kate coming and stuff. Um, the away team. The away team. Um, and we see somebody's trying to steal the gun off Sawyer and, like, off, off, uh, Who could Saeed. It be? You automatically assume it's going to be Sawyer, but it's Boone. <laughs> Boone. <laughs> Boone after his old shenanigans once again. Oh, Boone. <laughs> we just need a laugh track on this with the audience going, oh, Boone. Boone. Oh, Boonie Boone. We need, like, somebody. We need, like, her, no, not her, like, Locke to, like, come around the corner and raise his fist and be like, Boone. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't go climbing trees. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Um, I love here. You just take my gun, boy. <laughs> and, it's like, and then he's like, "Oh, well, who should we give it to? Um, who should give it to? What's he give it to? Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera is a network." <laughs> Oh, that, that's a great line. But my favourite line is, again, our favourite, Shannon strikes again. He, he doesn't believe in guns. He yeah. goes on marches <laughs> at the boot. I don't go on marches. <laughs> Oh, I love these two. It's just, I mean, that's, like, you really do believe they're brother and sister. Because that's just such a sister thing to do. He goes and marches, do not! Sawyer has great one-liners, but seriously, I am just appreciating the hell out of these Shannon one-liners. I'm surprised she doesn't get more love, really. We're, like, two and a bit episodes in, and already we're establishing Shannon and Boone as, like, the greatest characters (laughs) in this entire show. We, like, you said, I think, in our very first episode, there's, like, 30,000 lost podcasts. Have any of them given this much credit to Shannon and Boone in only two and a bit? (laughs) I I wish, I hope someone has. I hope we're not the first. But if we are the first, I'm glad that finally they're getting the appreciation they deserve. It's about time. Again, appreciate it while it lasts. Yes. Coming soon. The Walt Appreciation Hour. Not. uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) No. <laughs> that is called a joke, people. That's why we're not funny. Um, but they all, of course, uh, think, oh, maybe we should give it to Kate. Kate's innocent. Well, why, why wouldn't we want not give this gun to Kate? Hmm. Um, and that then leads us to our very first actual flashback flashback that isn't a plain flashback. Um, oh, flashback now, now, we're, we're, we're kind of going to... I guess, be sporadic in now the way we do these because, you know, some episodes, I think, you know, will warrant lumping all the flashback scenes together. Some will warrant keeping them in order. And I kind of feel this is maybe one you keep in order because it plays a little bit to the storyline. Whereas, you know, when we're learning about people getting tattoos, uh, <laughs> you know, we might keep them all together, just get that over and done with. Uh, but we see Kate's asleep and she's got a gun to her head. Uh, and we meet uh, Australian farmer Ray. Uh, oh, I love Ray. Played by the esteemed Australian actor Nick Tate. Um, TV's Nick Tate. TV's Nick Tate. Now, do you know much about TV's Nick Tate? Well, I'm, I'm, well of course I know a lot, but I'm just re- learning now that a lost connection here is... Uh, he once appeared on Party of Five uh, with of he our did. hero. He Matthew really does Cross. look like the type that would be in Party of Five. <laughs> when I think Party of Five, I think Nick Tate. <laughs> yes. Uh, and actually, for those big Nick Tate fans out there, you can head to nicktate.com. And there is a massive picture of you go to this website. It's like, whoa, Nick Tate's in my face. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, don't you and Nick Chester do a podcast on Nick Tate? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Sorry, Nick not Tuck. Tuck. Uh, uh, Nick's uh, accent. Sorry. It sounds like Nick. I, got, I thought it was a Nick Tate podcast. <laughs> I love the fact that his headlines on his website: the actor, the voice, <laughs> Space nineteen ninety nine about Nick. Contact. <laughs> like, we Contact. can get Nick we Tate get on the Nick show. Tate on the show. Oh, and yeah, I, and can... you click on about Nick Tate, and there is uh, ten, no, eleven lovely headshots of Nick Tate. It just makes you want to invite him over for, like, a game of backgammon. He looks like a very nice man. He's got a nice tie on in one of the pictures with... Is that a Donald Duck on his tie or something? I don't even know. Are you on this website right now? No, but I need to get straight Go to About all the listeners. And just look at this one picture of him looking very happy in his suit and he's got a tie. And I can't picture what is on his tie. There's, like, some sort of animal on it. I don't know if it's Donald Duck. Uh, but it should be noted... 
he's actually Australian. He is. Unlike a lot of Australians we're going to hear from throughout the season. And I'll, I'll backtrack on the comments I think I made a week or so ago when I was saying about, oh, even he's got a bad accent. Uh, I think I was picturing him as someone else because, <laughs> I mean, he is Australian and he does sound Australian. So, um, yeah, well, he's obviously, Kate's fallen asleep on his farm. Um, I love I love his opening line, you're sleeping in my sheep pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like is he is she in New Zealand? Like what's going on here? Uh, I just love the way that uh, you know he's just so blasé about it. Like you know, oh, how did you get here? I walked from town. Nearest town's fifteen kilometers away. <laughs> <laughs> what's your name, Annie? You hungry, Annie? <laughs> just so Australian. Um, we need to. I I just have kind of a, a love affair with Ray Mullen. I think of all like the one-off characters who only ever appeared in one episode. I don't, I'm not going to say he's the best. We need to rewatch it, but I think he's up there. Like he's just an incredibly fleshed out character for maybe 10 minutes of screen time. If that, and he's just so likable. And even when he turns her in, like you understand why he's done it. And we learn about his dead wife and his mortgage and he's got the fake arm. He's just, I think Ray is a really great character for this one-off brief appearance i'd have to agree with that and he's very esteemed uh nick tate in terms of other things that he's been in i mean he's been in the x-files he's been in murder she wrote um (laughs) two versions of star trek he was in um hook steven spielberg version return of the river kwai and apparently he also does voiceover for trailers and has voiced such trailers as jurassic park and mission impossible (laughs) there you go i I like this guy even more (laughs) Voice um, over extraordinary Nick Tate. Yeah, Nick Tate. TV and movies, Nick Tate. Nick Tate. <laughs> Theatrical trailers, Nick Tate. But, uh, yeah, we, we learn a little bit more in terms of Kate. She's flown to Melbourne. Um, <laughs> where is it, Kate? Melbourne. Um, <laughs> and she's not American. She's Canadian, which technically is right, because Evangeline Lilly is Canadian. Um, and she has she likes to walk. Melbourne's 100 kilometres from here. <laughs> So, I like walking. I like farms too. You know how to run one? <laughs> he really is quite a trusting man. But let's be honest, all Australian farmers are pretty much like this. Uh, I mean, you're more rural than I am. But I mean, look, I've been <laughs> snug and basically you drive down the street. What are you doing here? Oh, driving to Hewenville. Are you hungry? <laughs> sure. Come over and have some bacon. They all speak with like this. Ray makes a good breakfast. That looked delicious. She's going to town on that breakfast. <laughs> Oh, it looked really delicious. Now, my biggest question, though, about Ray, what's with the fake arm? Like, is this, like, just a random thing? Or, uh, because, I mean, I, I get kind of when later on she's dragging him out of the car, it's like, oh, his arm fell off. Ha, 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 But, like, why? Like, is this meant, did I miss something here? Or is it just a case of, oh, let's have a one-armed Australian farmer? Yeah, well, the reason is, so that's how she gets caught, um... But in terms of character reason, I don't, there is no reason. I don't think there needs to be a reason. I like that it's just a character touch that they easily could have just had this guy. But hey, there's a guy and he's, I'm a lefty. So like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think it just adds to the character. I don't think we need to know about Ray's arm. That's not going into the question. <laughs> we need to have a here. side flashback. It's kind of like a flashback. Ray's arm. A flashback. We... <laughs> <laughs> He's like on a farm, gets it like ripped off by a tractor. Ah, me arm! 
<laughs> that's that's inception level. So. Yeah. And can we just point out that we should do that for now and in every episode, the... <laughs> like the flashback. lost flashback scene. Flashback. I do. I will point out though that that like it's it's a good scene, a good noise. Like you know, a fl- oh shit, flashbacks coming. Shit's about to get real. Um, and like, did we like was it established that Lost was going to do flashbacks? Because I mean, I know we kind of got glimmers of the plane, but like, I kind of maybe think that you're watching the pilot. You kind of want to get a bit of an inkling of what happened on the plane. But did kind of people know going into this that? you were going to get these for the characters. Because I can't imagine the first time all of a sudden you hear that noise and Kate's laying on the ground and you're sleeping in my sheep pen. You're probably going like, what the, fu- what the fuck just happened? Yeah, I remember, I actually vividly remember being very confused. I'm like, is this a different character? Because, you know, when you watch TV shows and it's like the second episode, you're still getting to know everyone, especially with 15 people. Like, mm. uh, is this the same character? What is happening? Is this the island? Like, I remember being quite confused, but... Um, I don't know if it was established to the viewers, but uh, one interesting thing I'll dig up is like the series Bible or something they had. And this was definitely a thing that they had planned from the pilot if the series got picked up. Um, so they were always going to do the flashbacks, but I don't know if it was established if that would be a thing in the show or not. But again, we w- want to spread out our general conversation. So maybe we can talk about this next week or something. But the flashback thing is just great oh you wouldn't you could have lost without season or two uh yeah yeah, they get stale but then something in season three finale really shifts it and rebirths the entire show but um yeah especially the first season and even the second one is it's just genius and i absolutely love it Uh, but we can talk more about flashbacks as we go along oh for sure definitely um i think they're you know a big talking point across uh the more we cover um, back to the beach, and uh, Hurley's excited. Dude, dude, they're back! Yay! From outer space. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and they're all back and Saeed getting everybody together. Um, and of course, we should the true leader, the true leader, <laughs> our hero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we should also obviously mention back when they were sort of all together, they all agreed that they weren't going to tell the truth. Um, because they sort of had the conversation in regards to, oh, we're going to keep talking about what happened. And um, Saeed's great line when uh, he was saying, like, look, we can't tell them the truth because we lose hope. And once you lose hope, then that's a dangerous thing to lose. So they all get them together. Basically turn around and, you know, tell a bit of a porky. And, yeah, no, we had no signal, but let's try and boost it. We need all your cell phones, all your electronics. Let's organise three groups. We're going to have one (laughs) going for water, one going food, and one getting your electronics. And, like, let's be honest. I like Jack. We'll talk a lot about Jack, of course, because, again, as I said, you and I will have differing opinions on him. Jack's always the sort of accidental hero, isn't he? Because I think he even talks about that, doesn't he, throughout the show. Like, I never wanted this sort of role. You guys are coming to me as a leader. I didn't want this. I'm not saying that Saeed wants it, but Saeed's a much more capable leader because, I mean, Jack is great. He's a doctor. He's saving people. You know, he's doing this. He's doing that. But at the end of the day, Saeed's kind of achieved more in, like, a 30-second conversation (laughs) than Jack has in, what, two days? (laughs) Yeah, we'll see this more in the next episode as well in terms of Jack not really wanting to be the leader and uh, Saeed being a more capable person. But, yeah, you're right. Saeed is a much better leader like whoever appointed jack just because he was action man in day one like I think it's more because he's a doctor right like that's the trust well he's and gonna save he all our lives. he's not an iraqi <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're all right ra- he's white he's a white man yeah. basically um, he's privileged so <laughs> but i i always laugh at i just say his little speech or even naveen andrews i just 
I don't know why I find it funny, but it was funny. His little speech, because they don't focus in on him. It's just in the background. You just hear him. I do electronics. Uh, who's doing water? You're doing water? Okay, you do water. Right. Yeah, he has you that line where he's like, who? Food. You? <laughs> yeah, you? You? Okay, that's good. And who's Was doing that bandana food? girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, just, I, I don't know why I laugh at him. Every time I find his little speech funny. But, but I, think he, I think, like, maybe it's his accent. Maybe it's just his charm, but... I'd listen to him. I'd be like, yeah, yeah he's you're a our leader. I, as soon as, if he got up there and started saying that, like, yeah, we need three groups. You're right, Saeed. He's like, the guy in Survivor that, like, is coming out full force as the leader, but you're like, yeah, we're not going to vote you off. You're, yeah, we like you, you know? He's the JT. Uh, of, but um, we're going to see this more a lot throughout this show of where Saeed should be the leader. So uh, it's definitely not the last time we'll talk about that because it definitely comes up again. Uh, for sure. Um, and then, obviously, we get Kate kind of sauntering off to Jack and, uh, you know, I need to tell you something. Like, oh, she's <laughs> going to reveal what she did. So much Yay! for not telling uh, yeah, everyone. Kate, Kate's just the, the untrustworthy <laughs> one in the alliance. Like, he's got an idol. <laughs> just like, I trust you. Uh, straight away, tells Jack. I mean, look, I, I, it's kind of funny to think that, like, she's not trustworthy. But it's also, I think more so it's a case she trusts Jack more because she obviously had the early bond with him. So it's kind of like... It's not like she's going around and gossiping. Like, oh, my God, do you want to really know what happened? <laughs> uh, like, that's Shannon. Like, yeah, Shannon's Shannon definitely did that. Shannon's just doing She that. told big guys. Yeah. <laughs> she went out to Bandana Girl. So, you want to know a secret? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so basically tells Jack the truth about it. And I, I do like the way that Jack's... His reaction is just like, is there anything else you want to tell me? <laughs> It's like, really, Jack? She just, like, divulges information. Like, a bit of a dick Jack move. Um, and then, But then, having said that, Kate's reaction should just be like, uh, no, like, what else would I want to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> but uh... she just goes completely the opposite. Uh, typical, oh, I'm not acting suspicious at all. How is he? Did he wake up? Did he say anything? <laughs> <laughs> Did he mention anything about a girl in handcuffs that slightly might resemble me and... He got from the outback of Australia, or that. Not that I'm just asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Hurley comes up. You know what did she say? And then um, I, I, Jack's point when he says it's not my business, uh, not my problem. <sighs> you don't agree with that? Absolutely not. Okay. This is this is where my birth of hatred towards Jack. Well, not hatred. Jack is a good character, but just he's infuriating. Yeah, so are we going to get into this now? We might as well get into this I, 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 now. I honestly um, would like to know your opinion on it, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to. It's, they're on this island. There's this girl who's been butting up with him and all this stuff. She is a fugitive who was being flown by a U.S. marshal on a plane from Australia back to U.S. And A, he doesn't want to know what she did, which is just ridiculous because... Like, Hurley says, uh, shouldn't we, like, not be with her? Shouldn't we know what she did? Like, yes, because you've got a fugitive running around this island who could just go and slit everyone's throat in the middle of the night. She could be a serial killer. <laughs> like, this is a big deal to have a U.S. Marshal escorting someone. And she was early on butting up to him, flirting with him, going on all the treks. This is ridiculous for him to not care about what she's doing. This is highly dangerous to everyone around, and Hurley is absolutely in the right here. And Jack is just so infuriating that I get he wants to save people and that, but what's this blank slate business? It's ridiculous, and I don't want to know 
it just makes no sense, and I just cannot comprehend Jack's logic at all. Jack Shepard is ridiculous. I, I can't disagree with you. I think you're right. My opinion of it, though, is that this just builds into Jack's character of the reluctancy of not wanting to be involved. I think this kind of is, is just lives up to his character arc of, like, he doesn't want to get involved. And, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, for sure, he should be informing people, but this is where Jack's a bad leader. I think that kind of... If this was Saeed, you know Saeed's kind of like, well, yeah, okay, we, I kind of think we need to <laughs> he know. Would be He'd be torturing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think this, be everything you do. I think this is what plays well into Jack's character is it just it just, just leads down this path. Of, like, he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to be the one who's involved. He He's kind of me. He's kind of like... You know, if you're walking past somebody getting assaulted and they're crying out for help, you're kind of like, oh, I don't really want to get involved. What if they punch me? Oh, just awkwardly walk around the corner, maybe call the cops or just ignore you never saw it. Like, I'm that guy, okay? So this is why you don't want me involved in a crisis situation. So that's, to me, what Jack is. And I think probably people are probably assuming more so, oh, but he's he's got a heart on for her, you know? Like, oh, you know, I can't be wrong about that because I'm thinking with my dick. But I don't know. I just... I That's my take on it is that... And again, I again, I can't not disagree with you. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's poor leadership on Jack, but I think that's Jack's character. He's the reluctant hero. He doesn't want that position. And it's not like he ever really shows complete competency as a decent leader, kind of what we were just saying with Saeed. So that, to me, just goes into the character of Jack... Um, and to the type of person that he is, if you know what I mean. And that's why I hate Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, He's just polar. I I think Jack is, yeah, like what you're saying, I think it really makes Jack as more of a polarizing character. Because I don't really know, is Jack perceived amongst lost fans as beloved or hated or is he in the middle? Because to me, like, I'm always up and down on Jack. I I never dislike Jack. He frustrates me, just like he said with you. But I, I feel there'll be lots of times where I'm defending Jack more than you obviously will be. Well, the thing with Jack is I don't like him as a character. I think he's smug. I think he's annoying. I think he's an idiot. I think he's a bad leader. I think his thing with Kate is kind of annoying as well. Um, Those puppy dog eyes and that Jack look that he has is just (laughs) ugh. But Jack's story arc in these six seasons is amazing, and he's probably my favorite story arc, or at least in the top three of his development from season one to season six is just so fun to watch. Um, but one thing I do like about the show is we talked about last week is, yeah, Jack, he's kind of the attractive mid thirties kind of straight white male lead actor, like the typical, like every show on network television. But I think it was a really bold choice to have an unlikable lead character. Like, I know they didn't go out of their way to make him unlikable, but they didn't go out of their way to make him extremely likable like most. Um, like, even, even like 24, I think there's a lot of comparisons between that and Lost is, like, even he, he's like an anti-hero, but he is no doubt the hero and stuff like that. While Jack Shepard is, they don't just always go out of their way to make him absolutely golden boy. They do it a bit too much sometimes, but... Really, they made a lead who is unlikable a lot of the time. And we're going to see later on that at points he will cheat on his wife and he's extremely flawed. And so I, I can't stand Jack as a character, but I actually do like a lot of the stuff that they do with him. Um, and I think that's what's... Yeah, I agree with all that too. And I think kind of like at this point, we're all assuming that Matthew Fox is the star. But I mean, no one's ever really billed as the star, are they? Because it is an ensemble cast. Like, and I guess you would argue, well... 
Jack, I think, gets the most flashback episodes right. And, like, I guess there's a lot around him. But, I mean, there, there I feel, are large portions of Lost that sometimes Jack is really a background character. And, like, you, you, can, you make comparisons to 24. When is Jack Bauer ever a background? He's yep. not. Jack Bauer is 24. That's why the reboot this year didn't work. So, and that's kind of the difference is like the big difference between Lost and 24 is that, you know, Jack Bauer is the show, whereas Jack is not, Jack Shepard is not the show of Lost. Um, because, and we mentioned that with like Locke last week, didn't we? That like at this point, Locke's just, you know, gummy, gummy Joe, you know, old gummy <laughs> Joe. But like he really almost becomes the star of this show. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's it's fascinating how Lost switches between your, quote, star, because then you'd say in the future, Ben's the star, you know what I mean? And just, like, how it kind of, it, it's it's very clever the way they kind of do that with their ensemble cast. Yeah, but too much, Jack. We too much, Jack. We need a tattoo episode. <laughs> we, needed, we needed an old gummy Joe. Why does, why does Locke? Put an orange in his mouth. <laughs> Would have been better than the tattoo. Uh, what, is, what is Hurley's line when he says, how's Johnny Fever? Is that Hurley or is that Soy? That yeah. sounds like a Soy line, but that's, that's Hurley, isn't it? Hurley, yeah. Johnny Fever. Uh, this is where, obviously, uh, Jack's sort of saying, we need more medicine. Did you go through the uh, compartments in the overhead? And Hurley's like, that's inside the plane. There are bodies in there. They're all dead. <laughs> Thank you, Hurley. Um, <laughs> And then Jack goes into the plane, and then there's Sawyer. I love Sawyer's little boo. <laughs> like when he's got the torch, and he's like saying, "You know, same as you, trick or treat." And he he he's he's basically raiding all the bodies as well. And what does he say? Like, found some booze, smokes, some Playboys. Couple who travels? Playboys. Who travels in a cabin with Playboys? <laughs> it was probably his luggage. <laughs> yeah, yes, he's excited. Found my Playboys. Um, I like Jack's line when he says, "This is what you do back home: steal from the dead." Um, <laughs> you don't like that line? <laughs> no, I, I do, but it's like a pretty harsh line, especially as we must note this is the first meeting of Jack I was Jack about to say, Sawyer. this is their first meeting, isn't it? So, like, for him to say that, it's pretty a dick comment from Jack. I like, I do like the sort of the lines though when Sawyer's kind of like, this is your problem, Doc, you know, you're back in civilization. And he's like, oh, where are you? I'm in the wild. <laughs> like, it really does set up the, their relationship, especially their relationship for this first season, though, right off the bat. Yeah, and obviously, you know, this is a real thing with Sawyer, isn't it? He's kind of little uh, cavalcade of goodies that he has, you know, and kind of hoard <laughs> stuff, uh, which obviously get to. Uh, meanwhile, outside, obviously, we see the uh, wheelchair for the first time. Uh, ooh, what's this got mm-hmm. to do with anyone? Uh, and then, uh, what does Charlie say? Like, oh, we're better off than they are. And this is our first Charlie and Claire little scene. Yeah. First time um, they meet as well. I love that we're watching in this show where characters are still meeting each other. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, particularly the way they obviously, you know, will get on later on. Uh, we get a bit of gin and sun, uh, you know, go and clean up. I found your bag and kind of dicks, dick gin again. But then we get, <laughs> sweet gin, I love you. Oh, isn't that sweet, you prick? Yeah, these uh, characters really are not a factor in this show at this point in time. Uh, I do love the fact that when Charlie now says to Claire, how's the baby? He's all right. So he started moving again. Uh, I know we saw that with gin, but like, I mean, it was kind of just like, one scene, everything's fine again. What if, like, it's not being fine again? I don't know how babies work, but, <laughs> I mean. And he said a little, oh, your husband. Oh, no, I'm not married. Oh, how modern of me. Was this really that modern in 2004? I mean, this had been a thing for a while now that women could have babies without partners, right? Like, you know, not all women in the 90s or the 80s had husbands. <laughs> so, like, how backwards is either Claire or Charlie at that point? I just love uh, Charlie's. Subtleness of your husband? Is he in the- I like his line. Yeah. Who needs men, right? Bloody useless. 
Uh, we, we'll get into Charlie. Uh, also, a lot of hatred towards Charlie. But yeah, that's, that's fascinated is, me. You you don't seem to like him at all. I love Charlie. No, but it, that guy can be damn charming at sometimes, Charlie. But these, I I just yeah, I, I can't wait till we really get into some things about Charlie's and Charlie episodes because I don't know. I've just always had this real. He's always been one of my favorites, Charlie, and just I don't know. Just and you got to admit, he's demise to a point. I can't really go into too much details about spoiling it, but I mean, look at oh, that well, episode. I think you can say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about this show when pretty much everyone dies. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, well, everyone does die. Thing. Let's be honest, pretty technically. <laughs> but even if we ignore that, then even by the finale, most of the people we're watching and falling in love with won't even be there, which is kind of a sad thing to think about. You, I mean, I think, yeah, again, like you said in the very first episode, it's kind of hard not to be. And we, I guess we won't go over the top and say how he dies at what point. I mean, you could probably tell me the minute mark of what episode every character dies in this show. Please don't suck getting into that. But, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll do our best. But anyway, um, Kate and Hurley meet for the first time. I love awkward Hurley. <laughs> Just, you <laughs> uh, I'm Hurley. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> and love well, the way he that's sees a natural the... reaction. <laughs> yeah, but I love when he sees the gun and like, oh, he sort of looks and he, like turns his head away. That is so funny. But I mean, again, it's kind of like she's just walking around with the gun because why not? Yeah, um, no one else knows about the gun at this point. Like. The the bit that kind of is weird here, like it starts absolutely pissing down with rain again. Kate, we get the first scene with Mars. Uh, as in the the Marshall guy, Edward Mars, not the planet. That didn't just show up. Um, but uh, I, I like the fact that when she kind of zooms, gets really close to his face, just before we get to the flashback, do you notice how, like, it goes all slow motion? Did yeah. you Did you... Like, to me, that's kind of like a, a, a mistake in the editing. Like, they've just... They've filmed this scene, this scene too short and kind of to fit in with the episodes. They're like fuck, we can't cut this, it's such a good scene, we need to kind of hold this a few more seconds. Oh, just do it in weird slow-mo, they won't notice. Like, I it just seems like a very weird, out-of-place part for me. Yeah, it has always stood out for me, but I always put that down to them just experimenting with how they would transition to flashbacks early on, but I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so the flashback, basically, we're back with Kate, she's uh, in Ray's house, and um, she's... Look, we think she's stealing money, but she's not stealing money because Ray wakes up. She's hoarding the money. And what does Ray say about, like, ah, oh, bank would have you for that or something like that? So, oh, you'd get a toaster if you yeah. had that in a bank. <laughs> That's so American. Does that happen in Australia? Like, I don't think there's ever a bank mm-hmm. that I've seen in Australia where you get a toaster for, like, having in a bank account. No. You get a dolomite little piggy bank or something, don't you? <laughs> like, it depends on what bank you go with. Um... But, yeah, so she's basically been hiding away just because she has trust issues. Uh, it's like, oh, not even going to say goodbye. I love how I have to put on more of an Australian accent, and I am Australian. <laughs> uh, she's just like, oh, I wrote you a note. Uh, and then we kind of get this, obviously, she's been there, what, three months at this point, And, you know, he's obviously tried to get up a bit of a backstory, and she's not giving any days. Oh, I thought I'd just mind my own business. Uh, and then it's kind of like... Oh, to stay one more night, I'll even take you to the train station in the morning. It's like, oh, what a what a nice guy. So there you go. <laughs> do you do you ever like this is just where my mind goes to, Noah, you probably know where I'm going with this. Do you ever not feel that like Ray would have made a move on her, or is he just such a nice farmer guy? He's lost his wife, he wouldn't want to. Because I mean, come on, if Evangeline Lily's staying at your farm, you're a single guy, I mean, why wouldn't you want to make a move at one point? <laughs> uh, I can't say I've ever thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you my mind goes places. <laughs> Uh, no, he's too pure of a soul, old Ray Mama. <laughs> yes, nicktake.com.au. No, just .com. 
Oh, actually, on his uh, website, I've just gone back to it, and I realise it start- automatically starts playing a video in the background now. <laughs> um, so, it's a very fancy website at nicktate.com. Um, back to Kate over the top of uh, Mars and the, the, the Marshall guy. Uh, he wakes up and starts choking her. Jack shows up. What did you do? What did you do? He just grabbed me. Like, at this point, you know, like, he probably would have grabbed anyone, right? He's kind of a bit freaked out. Um, but I guess it's Kate. Um, and then we learn, obviously, that he's going to die. It's not going to be quick. It's going to be two to three to four days. Um, and it's Kate so says, intense, that scene. Yeah. No, it won't be quick. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... And it's also, no, like, scary to think that, too, because, like, I mean, you know, you're in that situation where it's like, well, put him out of his misery, and it's like, well, I'm not a murderer. Um, so it's, I mean... Yeah, and he's a doctor too. Obviously, he's sworn to protect people, so it's it's one of these moral dilemmas, isn't it? Like you you know the right thing to do is to put him out of his misery, but again, it's like is is that murder? I mean, or are you just euthanizing someone? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he was going to die anyway, but it's kind of still murder. I think like if they get discovered two days later and they find him with a bullet wound in him, I mean they're going to have to ask questions. But I mean it was was that famous Argentinian or was it a Uruguayan plane that crashed in the Andes and they had to eat some of the dead people to survive? It's kind of like did they get charged with can- like it's kind of one of those really middle ground things, you know what I mean? So it's difficult. Eh. Yeah, it is difficult. But I uh, look I, again. Please stop me at any point if you want to talk about any of these scenes because I'm you know I'm just jumping through. Do you want to m- talk about any of? The the whole Jack and uh, Kate, I mean, you just mentioned it's intense. I mean, any more to add on that, really? I just really like the acting of both the actors, especially as Evangelo Lily. This is like the third episode of TV she's ever done. Um, and, yeah, a lot of intense moments in this episode between Jack, Kate, and also later with Sawyer. So. Uh, well, we get back to the flashback and we're driving around in the australian country of course we are listen to patsy klein that's what all us aussies do when we're driving on a long road trip like that and i was like you listen to patsy klein in canada and it's like oh i love my mother listen listen to patsy klein everywhere <laughs> i want somebody like re-edit this and like put justin bieber in there and like you listen to justin bieber back in canada <laughs> it's like yes and then i do like uh subtle ray you know oh you're hungry yeah there's a good burger place up here and just like keep looking in the mirror and you know she's like well what are you what are you doing what are you looking for and then clearly we find out that ray is going to turn her in because there's a twenty three thousand dollar reward on her head her photo was in the post office because i How know every reward? time twenty three thousand dollars twenty three twenty three Oh, right. Okay. I see what you're doing there. Never mind. I was like, am I saying it wrong? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) A 23? I'm right, am I? (laughs) Making me doubt my notes. Um, And we see the car pull beside them, and it is our favourite US Marshal, Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, Edward Mars. Sorry, I got the wrong movie there. Um, Have you seen that movie, US Marshals? Sequel to The Fugitive? It's not bad. I like it. Um, I I have to say... Because this, we're going to see this guy show up a few more episodes in season two and three. Uh, Frederick Lane does a great job of being yeah. that mean kind of. But the thing is, he's not even the bad guy. No. Edward Mars is the hero in all of this. He's trying to stop a fugitive who's at large in Australia. Um, he's they try him. I think they paint him a bit too much as the villain because Kate is a main character. But he does a great job of being that kind of mean guy. Like props to Frederick Lane. I think he really. He's in about six or seven episodes, and I think he does a great job in all of them as the Marshal. 
I do love looking at his um, credits here, uh, some of the great characters that he's played. But I think by far the best one he should be most well-known for is when he was in ER when he played Bum's Friend. Uh, <laughs> iconic role. Clearly got oh, him a job here in Lost. He will be in 12 episodes of Lost. 12 so. episodes? That's yeah, nearly as much as TV's Kate Fisher. <laughs> he's uh, in more after he died than he is when he's alive in the show. Kimberly, can I say Kate Fisher now? I'm getting the wrong person altogether. Kimberly <laughs> Joseph. Kimberly Kate Fisher, she's now like, she changed her name, didn't she? She's now like Zvaya Menina or something like that. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. God, I should have is Kimberly Joseph. Thank you. I really should be professional at these out, but I don't because I can't be bothered. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he's he's great, you know, when he's in it and he, he definitely does this well. And it is that real sort of interesting thing when you do analyse it, the fact that, yeah, he we should really be rooting for him. He's trying to catch a criminal here. Um, but yeah, uh, we also now get uh, back to the beach where... Uh, Michael and Walt, everybody's favourite little shit of a kid. Um, who's that bald guy you're with? Oh, just old gummy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then kind of, I, I like how he's like, oh, he's my friend. I'm your friend too. <laughs> it's like, What's, what are you talking about? He told me a secret. Oh, what secret? Oh, come behind the shed with some candy. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I love the fact this is one of our uh, questions, wasn't it? In uh, yeah, one of our episodes. So like, already what? got an answer. What's Locke's secret? Um, well, yeah, again, it's been answered in like two seconds. Uh, and he basically, the, the secret is, Mr. Locke said a miracle happened to him. Ooh! I love how Michael shuts it down straight away. A miracle happened to all of us. <laughs> we survived a plane crash. But but the thing is, which I kind of don't understand at this point, is Michael straight away is like, I don't want you hanging out with him. <laughs> it's like, Why? Like, what has actually old Gummy Joe done at this point? Like, I get it, he's an old creepy man hanging out with a little kid. But, I mean, again, like, our mind shouldn't always wonder there, people, you know? <laughs> um, and then I love it, their little shit Walt. Let's be honest, Walt is a I cannot stand Walt. Like, I think there's maybe... Don't we get, like, some weird point where he's, like, an older kid in one of the future seasons? Or... Well... The actor did age, yeah. Well, no, I, I, um, but like when he's older, he's tolerable. But like, I always have a thing where like kids who are in shows, if they can act and are fine, like Annie and Nick Tuck, she's amazing because Annie is like a little six year older you never get to see, but she's awesome when she's on screen. But yeah, there's just something about Walt that gives me the shits. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not a fan. Sorry, all the Walt fans out there. If there's Walt apologetic, you know, apologists out there, um, <laughs> but. Um, but, yeah, so I, the bit here, though, that I think you might guess there's theories here or something, of course, when he says, like, oh, when it stops raining, I'll go find Vincent, and then the rain stops. <laughs> oh. Now, you mentioned this last episode about Walt's alleged powers. Uh, is this kind of a theory that he does? Because if you actually look at Walt, it kind of does look a bit suspicious if you obviously know these, you know, rumours about him. Yeah, I think people add it as a case for his powers, Um I never really viewed it. I always viewed it as a comic scene because then it is so funny with Michael just going to walking through the haunted jungle. As soon as it stopped raining, I'll find your damn dog. Um, so I always thought it was played for comicness, but definitely I think it could be like foreshadowing towards uh, some of Walt's powers for sure. It's a funny uh, scene though. We do, yeah, the scene in the jungle. <laughs> I love just the go-to. You hear like a roar and trees moving. Vincent, is that you? <laughs> like, I just want to see a flashback scene with Vincent. I'm always getting accused for being a monster. I'm just a dog. <laughs> 
we, we got robbed of the Vincent flashback episode. Uh, there was course- supposed to be a Vincent flashback. Oh, don't um, tell me that. <laughs> just just one scene, and it was supposed to be Vincent, and he would see something suspicious while he was in the plane. God. Uh, and the reason it didn't go ahead is because it was stupid. Well, well, because the kind of the joke got spoiled, and before they even filmed it, that there was going to be a Vincent flashback. So they thought, well, it's not going to be really a funny joke anymore if. Everyone knows it's coming, so they just ditched us. But they did intend to have one scene that would have been a Vincent Flash. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't do that. But uh, obviously, <laughs> Michael hears a noise, runs off, and uh, we get Topless Son. Uh, we've had we've had uh, Sexy Evangeline Lily, we've had Sexy Maggie Grace, and now we've got Sexy Yunjin Kim. They're getting through them all. Yes, exactly. So I can't wait for the Sexy Rose scene coming up soon. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> again, it's this weird little moment, isn't it, where we talked about already, like, oh, let's set up the sexual tension between Michael and, and Jin, and it's it's weird. Between <laughs> Michael and Jin. son, too. Um, <laughs> there's a three-way. Uh, um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go ahead with this, and House of the Rising Sun, episode six, we can talk about this more in depth, but, yeah, they really were hinting at a possible thing with uh, Michael and son, which I'm so glad didn't just, ever happen. It just feels awkward. Um... Now we then get. Oh, I like his line. If you're worried about it, I didn't see anything. Just watch his <laughs> eyeballs because he's looking. <laughs> like, but but don't. What makes this scene so much better on uh, rewatch is knowing that Sun actually can speak English yeah. and having people like Michael. I, I didn't see anything. Uh, here's your clothes, and she understands everything he's saying. It would have been even funnier if he's just like, "Oh yeah, nice tits" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, "Stupid Korean, you can't even speak English." He's like, ripping into her. You got small little boobies. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, back to the beach. We hear the guy screaming. Uh, that's Mars screaming, of course. Uh, and I so gross. I love Charlie, random Charlie sitting next to oh. Locke. He's ma- what are you making? A whistle. Oh, I played tribal flutes once. I'm in a band. <laughs> I'm in a band. I love him. Oh, he's such a dude. But that's me. That would be me. I'd be like walking around. What you making? Microphone. I've got a microphone. I'm a podcast host. And they're just like, no one would oh. give a shit about me. I am so Charlie at this point. <laughs> God, he's a dude. I love him. Oh, I love him so much. Uh, and I love perfect one lighter from Shannon here. Oh, I yeah. wish he would just die already. <laughs> yeah, real humane, Shannon. <laughs> she says what she means, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> if I look like Shannon, I'd get away with it too, but clearly I don't look like <laughs> Shannon, so I get told off for it. Um,. Uh, I love how Saeed sort of comes in. He's the rightful leader. You know, others are worried, you know. Oh, there's a rumour going around that you can't save his yeah, life. Rumour has it you can't. Where does that, love- where, how does that start? <laughs> Early? Shannon. Shannon? Shannon. <laughs> I mean, when did, when did Shannon find out? Um, then we get Kate, who is... Uh, this is where the Sawyer scene is, isn't it? The fire. Um, yeah. and this is where we kind of get this uh, moment with Sawyer talking about like, oh, I wouldn't want to be the one with the gun, you know, one bullet, you know, it's one bullet left, damn near poetic. And this is where Sawyer mentions, oh, our hero, like he kind of references Jack. <laughs> um, and then we also sort of get back to Jack and uh, the Marshal talking about, uh, you know, don't believe a word that she says, and now Jack wants to know, <laughs> what did she do? And it's like, tell me what she did, I want to talk to her. 
Uh, I mean, it's kind of a weird come around though with Jack, isn't it? Like a minute ago, he wanted to know, didn't want to know. Now he does. And then he's not going to want to know yeah, by the end of it. So, Jack yeah, again, he's the flipper. Sums up his character so well. Wishy-washy Jack. Jack this is why you don't like him, because you don't like wishy-washy players. No, that's, that's one of the many reasons. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to add on this before we get to the final flashback scene? Uh, no, I just I do like the... It's damn near poetic. and uh, Yeah, this, it's so dramatic. Like I love how they made so much drama out of just this martial character is like this is a whole plot line is just revolves around one day on the island and there's one bullet this martial is not going to make it through what's going to happen i i really love and the different perspectives on how to deal with it just really sums up this diverse cast but yeah it's really dramatic for just day three yeah i agree and it kind of does you know give you a real kind of like inkling into each character's mindset and sort of what they're willing to do and and things like that so uh, the final flashback, of course, um, we get uh, there's still being Kate still being obviously chased uh, in the car, and I, I just always wonder why Ray doesn't pull over. Ray's turned her in, wants twenty three grand, just pull over, mate. <laughs> like, I mean, what are you waiting for? <laughs> it's kind of is this Ray's like moment of oh, I shouldn't have done it, uh, <laughs> and if it is. Like, say something. Say, like, oh, sorry, Kate. Oh, yeah, uh, you're right. Let's go. But instead, it just kind of got this weird moment where they're just staring at Dick Mars, like, going, ha-ha, I'm pointing at you. I've got you. Speeding down this rural outback road before Kate's got the time to kind of swerve and take out poor Ray. Like, I just I just don't <laughs> understand it. Like, just either pull over, admit you were wrong. Instead, don't go in this weird middle ground. I don't know. I just, I, it seems I guess a bit you strange. were worried she would try and get away or something. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, sadly, the car crashes. And, of course, every car catches fire in Australia when it crashes, just like that. Uh, she drags him out of the car to save him. But, of course, I guess, as you mentioned, his arm pops off. And that basically allows him, her, Kate, to get caught. And that leads us to back in the tent. Uh, we get uh, Mars basically saying, like, what was it that you asked for? Like, what's what's the favour? And we kind of get a brief little flashback to remind the viewers, oh, that's right, Kate asked for a favour, which I think is a bit out of place. Like, <laughs> yeah, we watch the episode. Yeah, we, we know. Uh, but we do get to hear the voice of TV's Kimberly Joseph. <laughs> yes, again, that's, the, that's the real star of this episode. <laughs> and the favour that she wanted to ask him is uh, to make sure that Ray gets his $23,000. He had one hell of a mortgage, as we hear, like, about 30000 <laughs> <laughs> So we know. <laughs> um, I mean, but that's if, what I love about Ray is that he built this bond with someone like Kate and yeah. that she would care enough to even say that about someone because she obviously doesn't care for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, Ray is a true hero. She has but trust issues, Noah. Also, it, it has to be said, it's she tried to save him, but it's also her fault. She did that to Ray. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. Which is like, kind of she's not the hero here. But it's great about Kate's character, though, and it's kind of... Uh, I feel like we've kind of jilled over a lot about talking about Kate in her first episode. <laughs> we've kind of talked about Jack, we've talked Everyone about Walt. Kate. It's Kate's episode, and we're not even talking about the character of Kate. But um, I, I definitely feel that it's a great complexity about Kate's character, because, again, we know she's a criminal. We don't know what she's done at this point. So clearly we're like, oh, what's she done? But you can see that she still cares. And when we obviously find out ultimately what she's done... You know, it's it's not as bad as I think we assume it's going to be, uh, sort of. Um, but, yeah, I think it's kind of... She's a very layered character, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. This just shows that she will pull, pull someone off the side of the road, like, crash to try and get away. But also, she's built a bond with this guy. And if she had just met him, maybe she would have left him. But 
she does care for some people and um ray obviously got to her somewhat even though he turned her in so uh it definitely is early signs of kate is more than meets the eye she's not just the criminal which i guess jack sees a lot in when he says at the end like it's a blank slate we can start over um i guess yeah, he's, he's seen the good side in Kate. He hasn't seen the bad side at all in Kate. He, she's only proved himself to her. And you uh, can tell that Kate wants that. You can tell that Kate doesn't want to be labelled as a prisoner. So she, she doesn't obviously ultimately want to change. And I think kind of her line when she says, I have trust issues, I mean, we can see why. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's lived with this guy for three months and trusted him and what's he gone and done to her, you know? So, like, you can kind of see where Kate's got to always have this, you know fighting for herself mentality when clearly when we get through her storyline she's had a lot of shit go down with her that sort of ultimately you can see why she's got to be this way sometimes so uh i mean i think she's we we love evangeline lily i love kate as a character i think you and i both agree we love kate not just because she's amazingly good to look at you 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 are a bit iffy or i'm middle ground on kate but the thing is and i don't know if you know this but kate is very much hated amongst the fan really? community of this show. A lot of people hate Kate, and I'm indifferent because I see a lot of redeeming factors to Kate as a character, and I love her story arc of how she ends and what we'll see in the middle of the series revolving babies and stuff like that um, and why she will go back to the island and stuff like that. Um, so I love her development. But I can see some of the criticism about Kate. She is annoying. She's always inviting herself on the trips, and she's she's, <laughs> she's always sometimes uh, she's she's always coming, and sometimes it's just a bit over the top of her running through the jungle and doing this. And um, so I, I'm middle ground with Kate, but I can see a lot of good things about Kate, and I really love this flashback. I think it's a great flashback. A lot of these early flashbacks are really strong, but. Yeah, we're um, definitely really setting like the standard then for our Lost fans, aren't we? Given that uh, we're establishing my liking of a character that pretty much everyone apparently hates, and we're trying to establish Boone and Shannon <laughs> as the uh, cult figures of this show. So, welcome to our Lost coverage. We hope you enjoy the ride. Um, this, I mean, and again, I didn't know that about Kate, but this is again coming from the person that when I watch Breaking Bad, I don't really see why Skylar is so hated. But you know, <laughs> wow, oh, we just lost everyone. Everyone just yeah, stopped listening. Everyone tuned out. Done. Me. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, but, yeah, so we get that little But then we get Hurley and Jack, and uh, obviously Hurley mentions to Jack, she's got the gun. So Jack's like, shit, runs up, basically goes to Kate. Kate, what did you do? As she walks out of the tent. Then we hear the gunshot. Oh, it's it's like, whoa, great. holy fuck. Like, what just happened? Just the composition of Kate walking and then the gun going off. And her look as she kind uh, of turns her head, as she kind of, you know. And then so we see... Tense. Sawyer walk out, and it's like, holy fuck, like, what did you do? It's like, what you couldn't do, you know? And it's like, holy crap. But then it gets even more dramatic because we (laughs) hear him breathing. It's like, holy fuck. (laughs) It's like, what is happening right now? This is like Bold and the Beautiful on crack. But it's like, it's so so dramatic because, like, it is like... moment after moment. It's tense enough without the guy still being alive. (laughs) I just love that the acting from both Matthew Fox and Josh Holloway, like, We'll get to Michael Emerson and Terry O'Quinn, who are just masters, but these two are just consistently really good and like, what did you do? What, what did you do? It's just really intense from both of them. It's And it's and it's so, yeah, like this, and this is a network show. This is cable stuff right now. Let's be yeah. honest. This is confronting. 
Uh, I mean, it's not as graphic as it would be on cable. You know, Kate would probably be topless and there would be like an intestine <laughs> hanging out of Mars at this point. But, um... uh, but you've got to love uh, that they later retconned why Sawyer missed uh, by sh- giving him glasses later in like, because you have to like, how could he miss from that? that close my, so my I, question, I do like that they've cleared that up my question though would that be though is does he really stand over him and not just put the gun to his chest if you know what i mean like is he that stupid like i mean stupid enough that he doesn't just shoot him in the head but like you would think that if you're going to shoot someone in the chest i mean i i can point a gun to your chest right now now and assume that's where your heart is but I'm probably going to miss, even if I've got the gun pointing on your chest, if you know what I mean. So, like, I, I mean, is that is that cleared up, though, that he that's part of the reason why he missed, or is that just kind of the theory? Well, it's not cleared up, but but the producers have said that that's why oh, they right. later brought in the, that, along with, like, shooting five times at the bear and missing. Um, right. Well, ignore me. I like Kate, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, 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 like that is the question though, that I always have. Like, why didn't you just shoot him in the head? And that's Jack's kind of moment. Yeah, but you I shot mean, him in the chest. <laughs> that's gruesome, though. Like, it's already bad enough killing. But, but someone. like, if you want to kill someone instantly, it's got to be the head. Come on. Yeah, but the other thing you have to realize here, and this is why I loved the chronological Lost that I watched uh, last year, is about four days ago, Sawyer just murdered an innocent man who he believed to be the real Sawyer. So this guy is coming off, like, no wonder he's a dick so early on, like, to everyone in this show. So it's bad enough that he has to do that another time. So I don't think he's looking to, like, have a gruesome headshot on someone (laughs) after he just murdered an innocent man four days, five days ago. So you have to look at it in that context as well. <laughs> I, yeah, I can just imagine Sawyer with the gun pointing it to his head going, herd shot, and then just, like, walking out. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, but, yeah, obviously, like, so is it implied here that Jack puts him out of his misery or does he just do- die immediately? Cause he's I kind think of, he just dies. Because I, I kind of got the assumption, does Jack smother him or something? But I guess that wouldn't <laughs> go into Jack's character. He couldn't do it in the first place, so... Yeah, yeah, obviously the one bull. I do like the the line there when um uh Jack is kind of like get out, you know, just like yells yeah. at him, and then Sawyer goes out, gets Sawyer, smoke, oh that acting throws it Josh away. Holloway, just, yeah, I really screwed up. I screwed yeah. up badly, and like trying to light the cigarette, oh, it breaks my heart. Yep. Uh, then we get uh, old Gummy Joe with his whistle. Uh, <laughs> we find Vincent who's back from destroying the jungle and having flashbacks that we never get to see. Um, and we get this sort of nice moment with Locke and Michael where he kind of says, like, oh, I found your dog. I thought, you know, you'd want to bring it back to him. Um, and, you know, he just lost his mum, so thanks. Then um, we get Kate to Jack. I want to tell you what I did, but flippy floppy Jack all of a sudden doesn't want to know. And then we kind of get the theme of this episode, don't we? The whole, you know, it doesn't matter who we are or who we were before this. Three days ago, we are all dead. And now we're starting over. So, I mean, it closes out with this montage. Um, I, I do like this song. I remember when I rewatched this last year, I downloaded this song, Wash Away by Josh, per- uh, Joe Purdy, sorry. Uh, and it's kind of a nice little, um, you know, scene with all the people on the beach and just, uh, doing their thing. The, the, the Saeed throwing the apple over to, to Sawyer and, uh, Boone with the glasses to Shannon, little puppy Boone <laughs> sniffed out a pair of sunnies. Um, and then it does end kind of weirdly though with like <laughs> tilt 
across the lock with a bit of creepy, you know, gummy man, gold gummy Joe music. Uh, obviously setting us up a little bit for a bit of lock and there's a little bit more to him that meets the eye. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it ends on a mystery without directly ending on a mystery, if that makes sense. Yeah, but tell you, tell me you're not shooting in next week after. Oh, you are, for sure. Uh, I mean, if they just, if they just like spin around on him and he's got another orange in his mouth and he's like, ah, you know, and it's all like, wash away. You're kind of like, oh, I'll go meet Joe. He's sweet. But no, it's like, dun, dun, dun. It's like the shifty eyed dog from The Simpsons. It's like looking both ways. I think, uh, I still don't like the whole, it doesn't matter who we were, okay. We can reinvent ourselves, blah, blah, blah. I still think that's a bit like, come on, she's a fugitive. You need to know, you need to deal with this. The survivors could be in danger. But regardless of that, that kind of brings in tabula rasa, which in Latin means blank slate. Um, so he makes a point that this is a chance for them to reinvent themselves on this because they're, they're all strangers to one another. Um, and the, the line three days ago, we all died. That kind of is what kicked off an, an early major fan theory. Because the other thing with this show mm. is it had so many fan theories. Like that's a thing we forget now that it's been over for uh, how seven years or whatever. But fan theories were a huge thing, and one of the m- most ultimate ones for the first two seasons was that everyone died in the plane crash, and the, the island is purgatory. Um, and I think this is what really kicked it off, saying three days ago we all died. But there's other clues that are along the first season, which makes me think, and we'll t- this is a conversation for another time, but it makes me think that they were actually at least open to that idea early on. Um, but, yeah, that's what kicked that off. Um, and, yeah, Wash Away montage is great. These kind of I miss these early season one ending montages that will disappear later on um, of just, hey, we're on the island. This has happened. Montage. Um, and again, I called this pilot part three. This is kind of like putting an end to the pilot and really kicking into the show of, all right, now we need to start learning to live with each other. And we're kind of in this for the long haul now. Um, and yeah, Wash Away is, I think it's a good song and it's very fitting uh, for this episode. So, the, um, the, Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I, I also like Charlie changing fate to now late. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah, is great. True. This isn't this isn't the scene where Hurley's um his his thing runs out of batteries, right? That's no, another that's, episode. Is I that? think that's episode six coming up. Um, of course, you know the specific episode. Uh, but one thing I will just quickly say again, as you said, this is something to more talk about along the way. But um, I remember all the fan theories, and I remember it was kind of I think widely published in newspapers even at the time when it was kind of like. Lost ultimate twist has been revealed. You know, do not read this unless you want to know spoilers. And that was the, they're all dead. It's all been purgatory. And like, it was, it made news headlines, you know, and this is pre news.com.au days. This is actual newspaper headlines. <laughs> um, so I remember that kind of, you know, it might have been around season two or three that it was kind of like, oh, you know, this is definitely what it is. Um, and I remember <laughs> when I first read that, going, what? No, that's bullshit. That's crap. But, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of really noticed that line in this time around watching it when he says, like, we all died three days ago. And it's like, ooh. <laughs> so, and I think, isn't there still, though, and again, we'll talk about it more, but, like, the, the final scene, doesn't a lot, don't a lot of people, like, say that proves that they were dead all the time yeah. or something like that? Uh, there's we'll going to be a lot of yelling from me and the finale in terms of people who watch this show who are absolute morons. But anyway. 118 episodes to go yet. So, yeah. um, be prepared. I'm bringing my speech in. 
So we now get into the ratings, of course. For those who are tuning in for the very first time, it's weird that you would join us in the third episode of a Lost Rewatch, but I guess we... we... Not to interrupt, but do we want to do questions and answers? We do want to do questions and answers, Noah. Good job. Uh, let's well, play the intro. Questions that, and answers. No. Questions, answers, questions. We don't answers. really have an intro, but that's... Because I don't have any questions, so I shouldn't have even brought that up. But did I mean, you find any in this episode? We've already had the question, haven't we, of what did Kate do, right? Uh, yeah, that was last week. So. Right. Can I can I have the question that never gets answered? Um, does uh, does Ray get his $23,000? <laughs> yeah, and what happened to Ray's arm? Yeah. What happened to Ray's wife? Uh, yes. All those questions. Did he murder her? <laughs> Seriously, there are people out there who hate this show who talk about, oh, Lost never answered any questions, and then they'll bring up like a list of a thousand questions. And seriously, no joke, there will be questions like, what happened to Ray's wife? It's just like, <laughs> you're absolutely joking. Come on. Is there a show out there that, like, even, you know, we There's both nothing. love Breaking Bad, but Breaking Bad surely has, like, lots of questions that people, do they get pissed off about that? Like, people treat, yeah. I, I never watched Game of Thrones in my life, and do people treat, treat that like it's the most perfect thing on the planet Earth. I can't imagine with every character getting killed in every episode and sleeping with their brother, there aren't questions every now and then with <laughs> dragons and shit and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. Um, I don't know what happens to Game of Thrones. I've never watched it. <laughs> but, yeah, do you have any... No, I, I don't. Find, I, I really don't. I'm that sure was, there was little things, but we're only counting, like, the big major things. I guess the main one you would have to bring up is what's Locke's deal? Why are we getting yeah. shifty eyes Locke at the end? I guess you know with, like, mean? character things like that is, like... Yeah. yeah. And, and we know we're getting it next episode, so... Yeah, but I, I kind of think, like, yeah, we, as we said, we can't be too nitpicky. We can't be the fans that you hate who are like, what happened to... Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if we kind of are like that, then we should have gone back and said, like, what's on Sawyer's letter when he was reading no. it. But for all, we, we don't know if that's even going to be a plot point, so... Is um, it really the best burger in town? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did, did uh, Ray have enough petrol to get to the train station? He might have been on empty. Was, <laughs> was, he, was he on time for the train? Yes. Did she actually walk from Melbourne? <laughs> it's yeah, more than a hundred kilometers away. <laughs> but we did get an answer. Uh, we did. We already we already mentioned it. Uh, Locke's secret was that a miracle happened here, and that will be explored. What the miracle was next episode. So okay. So just I'm just I've, I've found this list. I did what you told me, and I wrote it. So we've kind of still got <laughs> six ongoing questions. Oh, we've already got an answer. We've got one, so I've crossed one off. So we had seven, but Ooh. just to update people, so our ongoing questions are, why did the plane crash? What happened to the tail section? What is the monster? What the fuck's a polar bear doing there? Uh, where are they? And <laughs> what did Kate do? I kind of feel that's almost like your um, classic Noah quote. Who are they? Who is she? What are they doing there? <laughs> like, where are they? <laughs> you just need to every- end every episode. What's the polar bear doing there? <laughs> what did Kate do? Uh, that's um, a many questions. So many questions. Oh, goodness me. Uh, so, yes, back to the rating. Uh, once again, our rating system, of course, involves buying it, renting it, or binning it. Of course, we technically have about 317 side categories, which, of course, involve looking it on the shelf at Video Easy and deciding whether or not you'll rent it next week. Um, you know, watching it at a friend's house. Um, well, I think Perez on Survivor New Zealand mentioned the fact that he would rent it but never watch it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really... Um, you know, kind of assume that you're going to remember all those. But are we buying it? Are we renting it? Or are we binning it? Oh, I'm absolutely buying this episode. I can't think of another TV show that had such a 
I'll call it episode two. It's episode three, but I'll call it the first episode in the, the series after the pilot is I can't think of a, another show that has such a quality uh, kind of thing going on there that the standard is set from the get go. The first ever proper flashback is really compelling. I love Ray. Um, the Marshall does a great performance and I love the kind of dilemma between Jack and Sawyer and what they're actually going to do. Um, there's so much good comedy in here. Um, so I'm buying it. Absolutely. It's a lot lower of a buy than the pilot, but I, I can't rent this. I have to buy this, but in the grand scheme of things, Tabula Rasa, it's, it's a standard episode. It's probably, if we ever ranked the episode, it's probably in the middle somewhere. It's, it, it's not a blowout episode, but just the performances and the follow-up from the pilot, which is a difficult thing to do, as we established last week. Um, that Yeah, it's a middle-of-the-road episode. It's a lower buy than the pilot, but it's an absolute buy. This is a fantastic hour of television. I think, too, the thing that makes this so good is the fact that in none of what you just described did you mention anything that's happening at the beginning of the episode. We've got our, you know, merry bunch of men and women coming back from the trek, which is obviously where we kind of ended on the cliffhanger. So, And that's kind of, it's done so well that you kind of just, that's not, I wouldn't say brushed aside, but it's kind of, it's solved. And then it's kind of sort of solved. And we're back here to, um, yeah, I guess one of the questions we really should have is who who's the French woman? But I guess kind of, is that a serious enough thing at this point or not really? Yeah, I, I that's one of our questions. Wasn't it like, where are they? Not when are the French women? Or did I just not write that down? I said, uh, what, is, what, uh, where, what happened to the French woman on the transmission? Oh, well, I didn't write that down. What <laughs> yeah, I think that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> what happened French? Okay, whatever. What whatever, I'm dumb. I like Kate. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I will buy it too. I think I agree with everything you said. And like just, you know, the intensity, as you were saying, of the acting in the end there, just and how it sort of ends and just how it's just dramatic moment after moment after moment. <laughs> you know, he's shot and he's not shot and he's this, that. And yeah great so for sure buy it um so we're both three episodes in and we've both had a bit of money to spend so there you go uh now next episode of course will be uh walkabout um which sounds so australian because we get a lot more australian in the flashback we get to learn a little bit more about old gummy joe in this one so uh yeah i i I like this episode um and just locks sort of introduction really sets up lock because he really is uh a person to look out for in the show. Yeah, this one is a all-time classic. Uh, you thought Tabula Rasa was good. This is what cemented Lost, I think, after the pilot. Um, not only does it establish Locke, but it really establishes the limits of this show and what this show is going to actually be like outside of the confines of the pilot. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot to cover next episode, and it's really a genius one. So I'm, I'm super looking forward. I've been waiting since we started to talk about Walkabout, as most fans are probably waiting for us to talk about Walkabout. So it's it's going to be a good one. It will be, and we'll, of course, have that for you next week. Remember to like, subscribe, uh, comment, everything else in between hand. Uh, we're on social, all the social medias, uh, except for, like, Tumblr, because we're not, like, 15-year-old girls. But uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, we're on those. Uh, YouTube, we obviously have that, I think. Um, and obviously the best way to get these episodes, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Stitcher, uh, all services available there. And while you're there, you can subscribe, you can comment, you can rate us. I think we deserve about a four out of five for this episode. I think it was a pretty good episode. So uh, feel free to uh, rate our episode there. Uh, but we appreciate you tuning in, and we obviously are looking forward to a lot more lost goodness 
um, all the way. So uh, we'll speak to you next week. And in the meantime, my name is Ben. And I didn't see anything, I swear. And my name is Noah, and I promise to stop this podcast as soon as it stops raining. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.